welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to, uh, here we go. OK, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise, I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> What did you do? Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. This is Holmes Movies Podcast, the first episode of 2024, another alternative Oscars What episode. voice are you doing? Who is this guy? Who is this man? I was trying to do like a British man and trying to do like a Matt Berry, like good evening kind of thing, but it didn't really work. So I was trying a new mm. thing. It's new year, new me, that whole, that whole thing. New year, new you. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, anyway. Hello. Okay. I, I'm Anders Holmes. This is Adam over Zoom. You guess you guys right. know the drill already. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, it might be a new year, but it's the same old Holmes movies. Yeah, um, so we are... Seems... I, I love the alternative Oscars. I'm really glad we're doing this again. Yeah, yeah. Award season is up and running. We just had the Golden Globes, and recently we just had Baf the BAFTA nominations, and a lot of people were like up in arms over who got nominated and who wasn't and that whole spiel. And um, yeah, the Oscars nominations are coming up on Tuesday, I believe. So I'll be interested to they see. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're being announced. The nominations are being announced. I think Denmark is on the sort of short list for the recent film, The Promised Land with Mass oh, I was going to say, they're going to give an Oscar to Denmark just for being Denmark. <laughs> the best, no, the best film, country but... goes to Denmark. Best supporting country. <laughs> yeah, supported. <laughs> yeah. Um, I apologize if the, if I sound a bit echoey. I've just moved into a new apartment and I haven't hung up pictures and so the acoustics aren't completely good. And um, But uh, at least I haven't got COVID because that's what Adam has. Yes, I was going to say, apologize if I sound rubbish because I've got fucking COVID. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's, um, we'll model through as best we can. You could thank your daughter for it. <laughs> I can, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Precious angels. It's given me yeah. COVID. But so um as I've got we've got the nearly knocked over my recorder there. I've got the big book, the Oscars inside yeah. Oscar, the unofficial well, history. We, what we, about we to haven't say? even said which Oscar we're doing yet. Oh yeah, I was getting to it. Okay, sorry, sorry, I keep cutting across you. So, yeah, up. and um so we're going back to 1969. It was the 41st Academy Awards. It was um, it was the first Oscars to be staged at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, and it was the first with Ooh. yeah, and it was the first with no host since the 11th Academy Awards. Well, you know, this is just to remind people who might be tuning in for the first time at this time of year. Anders and I like to jump in our time machine and go back to uh, right the wrongs of previous Oscars, uh, such as the 1939 Oscars, where we took away all the awards from Gone with the Wind and gave them to more worthy pictures. Uh, we did the same with That's Driving Miss Daisy. Pictures. Yes, exactly. We, so we do, we're going back and doing some revisionism 
um it's fun it's subjective uh it's uh you know it's it's a chance to um uh to have a little bit of a laugh uh with um film history and to actually now thanks to anders's big book of the oscars uh examine some of the strange goings on at these uh, ceremonies so what's the what's the big deal about the dorothy chandler pavilion what's, what's why is that important uh i don't really know i think it maybe it's just a bigger venue like the one they had dorothy the- chandler pavilion are you looking yeah. it up has it been knocked down and turned into a trump tower or something I have no idea. Before they, the, the Oscars before this, the 40th, they had it at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium and Bob Hope was the uh, was the host. And oh, I know this place. Yeah. This is this is in movies. Look, uh, I'll share my screen. Um, you've seen this. Yeah. This is the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Look. Yeah, I've seen it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's big. Yeah, I've seen it before. Well, it's not just big, but it's in stuff. I've seen it in stuff. Yeah, I'm sure it's 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 a, it's a very well known building. No, this isn't helping. This isn't good for the podcast. Uh, all right, so Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, first year there. Um, what yeah. else? No host. Um, uh, so it was um, it was the year where Oliver the or Oliver Oliver. It's got the exclamation mark. Oliver. So Oliver, Oliver, not twist, just the musical. Yeah, they do like a spoof of Oliver Twist, like just like a Mel. Probably is what? It probably is. Yeah, sure there is. Uh, So yeah, it became the only Best Picture winner to have a G rating prior to winning, because you know the rating system having replaced the old Hayes Code, you know, on November first. What is a G rating? What what does that mean? General G G rating is like for all for all audiences. It's like in England the U universal for all so it's like it's the first film for all audiences to win best picture yeah g rating yeah but but with is this just because they brought in the rating system this yeah, is like saying it's the first time of the dorothy charna pavilion is this because the dorothy charna pavilion hadn't been built yet well but, i think <laughs> i think it's just they the rating systems they re, it, 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 they replaced the old hayes code this was back like the year well, of before. course so then of course it's the first time it's got a g rating it's the first time anything's got any rating yeah exactly yeah well, this is a stupid fact. Come up with a good one. <laughs> okay, it was the last British film to win Best Picture until Chariots of Fire in 1981, and it was the last That's a fact. And it was the last musical to win until Chicago in 2002. Chicago. Okay, right. Um, d- speaking of we're musicals, take it. speaking of musicals, Wait. have you seen this thing recently where like studios have actually the way they've marketed musicals? Because this is like the Mean Girls, the new Mean Girls film is a musical, and also The Color Purple is a musical as well, and it's based off the Broadway that's based off the film that was based off the book. Yeah, um, I think they're coming in. They, they're they've coming marketed back in. it in a way where it's like people go into it's like they're, they're marketing it as it's like it's not a musical, and then people go into it expecting it not to be a musical. It's a, okay. Yeah. So that's well, okay. Barbie was a bit like that. Barbie was a musical. Yeah, they did. Yeah, kind I mean, of. kind of. Yeah. A little bit. I guess it's like I feel like these days people just well, don't. No, it wasn't really. It was a yeah. I don't know what Barbie was. It was interesting. Um, it did have like one musical number which reminded me of like Gene Kelly and all those Busby Berkeley. I'm just stuff. Ken is a musical number. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be. I think that counts. Okay. Well, look. Uh, I think musicals are coming in a big way, but we're not talking about the 2020s. We're talking about the 1960s. I think we should take away the Oscar. Well, we'll get to Best Picture, but I have. A, you know, I have a problem with Oliver, right? A little bit, yeah. Do so you? when I was at school. Yes. Yeah. When I was at school, I had a really good audition to play in our school performance at Dulwich, right? To play at a school I, performance. I saw, I saw the production at Dulwich, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to be the funeral guy. I did a really good 
uh, audition where I was a board undertaker's mute. Da 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 dum dum bum. And um, and the guy was like, great, great, great. Yeah, come back for the second audition. The part is yours. And I came back. It was a different guy at the piano. It was a guy called Mr. Street who was a cunt, and I didn't like him. And so and he played it in the wrong key. And so I sang it. I was like, and just like fucked it up. And then they gave me a non-singing part and I just played like my friend John's doctor sidekick. I was just this like pompous ass who comes in like three quarters of the way through the um, play and like checks on Oliver and then fucks off and is never seen again. I could have been the funeral. I could have been a contender. I could have been, been the, somebody. <laughs> I could have been the undertaker. And it was played by this other wanker in our year who shall remain nameless, who you don't oh, that, know. I mean, that, um, I mean, but that, I probably that. shouldn't like, call out people I haven't seen for 25 years. <laughs> anyway, I still hold a grudge about that, so I want to take its Oscars away. Even yeah. though it was directed by Carol Reed, who I love, but anyway. I didn't realise it was directed by Carol Reed. It's crazy. Yeah, what do you know? Um, um, it, it's also a gr- another fact about this Oscars. Uh, okay, look, so let's get into it. Which, uh, which awards are we recategorizing? I have it here. Are we doing like, um, uh, where are we starting? We're going to do best short film. I don't think so. Well, I I was actually thinking because I was just I had another fact that I wanted to get to, and um, okay. let's, let's start fact. with let's start with best actress because this is very interesting. This happened for like the first time, and it hasn't happened since. Well, it has happened in another category, but not in like any of the acting categories. Uh oh. So um, this was. Just going to get to the page. It was Ingrid Bergman. She came on stage to, um, to you know, she was giving, she was presenting the best actress in a leading role Oscar. And so right. she, and she came on stage and, and she, you know, she in the, it began with a montage of the nominees and their screen roles and, you know, courtesy of the projection machines right, right, and right. reading from the book. And, you know, the audience applauded each actress and she went down the list of the nominees, Patricia, Patricia Neal, Vanessa Redgrave, Joan Woodward, and Barbara Streisand, and who was holding uh, Elliot Gould's hand because they were married at the time. And um, That's all we were allowed to do. Yeah, and she, um, she opened up the envelope and she said, the winner is, it's a tie. And the audience cried out in shock. The winners are Catherine Hepburn for The Lion in Winter, applause, and Barbara Streisand for Funny Girl, applause and bravos. Catherine Hepburn wasn't at the at the she wasn't there at the ceremony. So she so um uh the director, uh Anthony Harvey, who didn't win that that year, he accepted it for her. And Barbara Streisand went up and he spoke first and he said, When I asked Miss Hepburn what she thought when she broke the record of nominations, she said, When you've lived as long as I have, anything is possible. And she was 59 at the time. 59. I love it. Um Okay, so they gave it to um, two people. They've never yeah. done that before. Why did they give it to two people? I don't know. I haven't seen Funny Girl or The Lion in Winter, so I don't know. But it, they've oh, never. Boy, done... good. But they've never done it again. It, it's never happened again. I don't. I. It's 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 interesting that that's never happened again. Was it? It's very interesting that Barbara Streisand was married to Elliot Gould. I don't know why. I just find that very satisfying to think about. Um, well, I was listening okay, to the look. Fresh Air. I was listening to the Fresh Air podcast, and apparently, you know, they were married. I didn't. I didn't realize that they were married from 1963 to 1971. Wow. So, um, yeah. All right. So, 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 should we start with Best Actress? Are we? What are we? Are we? Let's go we with Best Actress. Other? Let's go with Best Actress. Yeah. So, I think there's one huge name missing from the list. Do you want to? Guess which one it is. I mean, am I just going to do this on my own? What are you doing? Well, I don't know. I, just, I thought you were just like you were just. Okay, well, okay. So there's one huge name missing from the list. Who do you think it is? 
Claudio Cardinelli. Mia Farrow from oh, Rosemary's yeah, yeah, Baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Well, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby, Mia Farrow. She should have been nominated for sure. That was a tremendous performance. Yes, exactly. Um, so I think uh, that we should at least correct the record insofar as she should have had a nomination. Uh, I'm not like, I've got to say, I've not seen Funny Girl, but I am, I am not convinced that there is a better performance out there uh, than. Catherine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter, except for perhaps Mia Farrow in uh, Rosemary's Baby, which is a really, really good performance. But I think Catherine Hepburn in The Lion in Winter is just such a powerhouse. So should we just leave this one as it is? Because we haven't seen Funny Girl. Or we could make it a three-way tie and give it to Mia Farrow and Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, let's do that, because I feel... Near okay, okay, yeah, because seeing, seeing as we're allowed to do that now, so, yeah. okay, we're just going to... The, the envelope that Ingrid Bergman pulls out is going to be a little bit... The letter inside the envelope is going to be a little bit longer, and it's also going to include Mia Farrow in Rosemary's Baby. Great. She was still, that apparently, one. like in the book, backstage, Ingrid Bergman was still trembling over the contents of the Best Actress envelope. She recounted That's when hilarious. handing her the envelope, the price, Waterhouse Man, he, he told her to read everything. I thought he was referring to Which all the names. Price Waterhouse. So, who is this guy? I don't know. Who's so, this guy? Who's this some bloke in a suit who's telling Ingrid Bergman what to do? What the fuck is he? Where does he get off? It's the guys backstage who'd be like, take the envelope. I imagine him being like coming in with dark glasses and they're like, Miss Bergman, we're giving you a very solemn task. You have to read everything. And so, does he have to read the little copyright bit at the bottom? No, no, no. Like, not fully that. recyclable. Please, you know. But it wasn't that. But it's like it's the same thing. It's it's you know the whole thing that happened with La La Land and Moonlight. It was basically you know oh, the yeah. guys backstage with the envelopes and the guy was tweeting and posting. Price Waterhouse guys. Yeah, one of those guys who just forgot to. Do you think it's still them? Do you think it's still like just like passed down from father to son? It's like my father was the price. Is that the only reason Price Waterhouse actually exists? I don't know. The, the yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> okay. And Barbara Streisand. She said, "Yeah, it was kind of my microphone." Yeah, it was kind of unexpected having two winners, huh? I know you won't believe it, but honestly, my work is my reward. Which is was exactly what Catherine Hepburn said when she lost to Ginger Rogers in 1940. She said those same words? Yeah, but the tension... Interesting. Thought... So that implies that either that's a coincidence or that Barbara Streisand thinks that being tied with Catherine Hepburn is the same as losing to Catherine Hepburn. Mm. I guess. Anyway, uh, next category. Let's go to Best Actor. Okay, we're starting right at the top. Okay, cool, I see. Best Actor. It went to Cliff Robertson. Most people know Cliff Robertson. Who? Cliff Robertson. Who? I don't know who that is. I know everything about movies. I don't know who the fuck. Cliff fucking Clifford Parker Robertson III. Cliff Robertson. You like? I mean, you. Yeah, he was. Um, he was He's Uncle. Playing... He was Uncle Ben in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Oh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, and he was yes. in. And he was in. He's in Three Days of the Congo, Condor. Three Days of the Condom. <laughs> <laughs> three days of the condom yes he's three, three in that days, okay, three days cool. of the condor he was in 633 squadron played john f kennedy yeah in pt 109 about the the boat that that he was on interestingly it says that the short film that won the oscar this year was bobby kennedy remembered yeah robert kennedy remembered yeah from guggenheim productions it sounds awful um so um 
bit of sort okay, of bit of, bit of sort of morbid trivia, which I just read about the previous Oscars. It was actually postponed. The 40th Academy Awards was postponed a few days because of the Martin Luther King assassination. Oh God, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, what let's a back, time. back to this. What, one. A, what a bleak time in American <laughs> history. Oh, <laughs> good was. thing it's not like that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so, best actor. I don't know. This okay, this this is, what, is, what is this film, Charlie? What the? F it's it's based on Flowers of Algernon. What's that? <laughs> it's, it's a sci Flowers for Algernon. Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, it's a sci-fi. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. I don't, still don't know what it is. Charlie Gordon is, is an intellectually disabled. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Gordon is disabled. He lives in Boston. <laughs> he lives in Boston. Oh Jesus Christ! He has a desire to learn and has attended night school for two years, taking a class taught by Alice Kinian. He learns to read and write. There is spelling and penmanship report. What the fuck is this? And he's unable to spell his own name. He works as a janitor at a bakery. Oh, it's like a bleeding heart story. Yeah, the yeah, the Academy loves that. Okay, right, look. So let's look at some of the other nominations. Alan Arkin was nominated for The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Rest I've not days. seen that. Alan Bates was nominated for The Fixer. I've not seen that. Ron Moody, who I don't know... <laughs> Again, I don't know who it is, was nominated for Oliver. Oh, he played Fagin in Oliver. Okay, fair enough. And Peter O'Toole was nominated for The Lion in Winter. Okay, can I come in with an early suggestion and say yeah. that Peter O'Toole should have won for Lion in Winter? Do you have any other um, opinions? Do you want to do Dick Van Dyke in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Um, Richard Burton in Where Eagles Death? <laughs> uh, it's not um, a great... It's not a competitive year for male actors, that's for sure. Not, not really, no. Um, I but Lancaster in The Swimmer? Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I really wanted to watch that. I, it's on the, the Criterion channel. Uh, Robert Mitchum in Anzio. <laughs> Robert Mitchum in Anzio. Jesus. Uh, okay, this is a very sort of, um, very out of left field choice. Uh, Klaus Kinski in The Great Silence. No, uh, Dwayne Jones, Night of the Living Dead. Oh. I mean, okay. he's technically, he technically the lead of that film because he is the guy. He's you know he's the guy taking charge. He's he's the one who's like, you're the I'm the boss up here. You're the boss down there. You know because the so, oh. and if Dwayne Jones had won, that would have made him the first black actor to win uh, for best actor, right? No, because. Yeah, he'd already won a few years before for Lily's. Okay, okay. well, okay, I'm into that. I I would nominate him, sure. Hashtag nominate more horror movies at the Oscars. Yes, exactly. We always talk about that. Okay, so but I still think Peter O'Toole. Sorry, P if you watch The Lion in Winter, you'd agree with me. Peter O'Toole is amazing in that movie. I um, I, have, I have the film on Blu-ray. I'm saving it for this Christmas. You don't have to watch it at Christmas. Okay, cool. All right. So, should we are we happy with that, Peter O'Toole? Yeah. Good. He know he never won an Oscar, and so Ooh. that I do yep. have another Best Actor nomination or someone yeah. who could have also won. Uh, yep. Zero Mostel, uh, the the producers. Okay, so what the hell is going on here? The Producers was released in 1967, and when I look at this Wikipedia page, I've got uh, Gene Wilder nominated for Best Supporting Actor for well, The Producers. You, you and I, great minds think alike. I actually wanted to check this out for myself. That was actually a sort of, sort of pre-premiere kind of thing, which was a complete disaster, apparently. And huh. the studio were thinking about just not releasing the film in you know they not releasing the film at all but it wasn't until peter sellers 
came to you know the came to the aid of Mel Brooks and wrote an article and or you know he they posted there was a post in the Variety where he was saying you guys got to go watch this film and then they had a proper premiere um, in New York in 1968 and you know that's how uh, that okay so so we'll 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 respect history in which case I have to say I do think Zero Mostel deserves it. I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Uh, he's so good in that film. I mean, it's one of the best performances in any comedy. I think it yeah. should go to him. Sorry, Peter O'Toole. I think we might have given it to Peter O'Toole for Lawrence of Arabia. Did we do that? Did we even do that yet? I don't know. Look, we'll, we'll give Peter O'Toole another Oscar. Let's give it to Zero Mostel. Huh? He should have won. Peter O'Toole should have won in, in, uh, countless Oscars awards. So this means when we do the 19th, when we do the... 1967 Oscars, the 40th Academy Awards, we have to remember that the producers are not eligible. Yes. Okay, right. Ooh, excuse me, I just burped. All right, Zero Mostel um, wins the Oscar for Best Actor in a controversial late decision uh, in 1969. Right, next category, what do you want to do? Uh, let's do Best Supporting Actress. I don't have any other choices that I would uh, give um, to replace okay. the, one, the person who won, which was Ruth Gordon for Rosemary's Baby, because I thought she was incredible as uh mini castavet yeah let's just be completely honest here and say that that is a that is a phenomenal performance and i there is no there is no um there's no competition for me that is that is one of the you know what it's so rare that the oscars get it right yeah. like this where it's like here's a great here's here's a slightly like left field for a horror film after all um with a with an aging character actress playing a really kooky part that she does phenomenally well. It's yeah. the Thelma Ritter thing. She's, she's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and Thelma Ritter never won an Oscar famously. Um, but they gave it to her, but they gave it to uh, Ruthie Gordon. Wait, what's her name? Ruth Gordon. Ruth Gordon. Uh, yeah. For, um, for this movie. And, uh, and I think she deserved it. So I think we should just keep it. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't even want to nominate anyone else. I just think it's like, I mean, if you yeah. were going to nominate someone else, you could say, what? Like, uh, I'm trying to look through the films. I've not seen that many of them. Um, I guess you could, um, you could talk about, you know, what there's, I'm going to get the names of the actresses wrong, but have you seen Kuroneko, the Japanese? No, I haven't. I've just started watching it on the Criterion Collector uh, Criterion. There's channel. a couple of ladies in that film, and I can't remember which is which, uh, but there's a couple of really good performances in that uh in that movie um and so i do think one of those could have been nominated but i mean that's a little bit you know uh we're getting a little bit into the weeds there okay let's give it to yeah. Ruth gordon no questions yeah. asked so she when she, when tony yes. curtis crowned her the best supporting actress she, she said i can't tell you how encouraging a thing like this is cracked the 72 year old actress I remember the first film I was ever in in 1915, and here we are in 1969, and I don't know why it took me so long, though I don't think I'm backward. She thanked her co-workers from Rosemary's Baby, and uh, sorry. Ooh, weird speech. Yeah, and she said, Don't thank, think I'm backward? Uh, thank all of you who voted for me, and to all who didn't, please excuse me. What? Weird speech. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I expect her to be more woman in the 70s. We don't, we don't need to be ageist. I'm just, you know, it's only... she was um, probably very, right. very starstruck by Tony Curtis. 
I mean, who isn't? Okay, cool. Uh, should we do Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, let's go to Best Supporting Actor. I haven't seen this film. The subject was Roses, which is... Um, I also don't know who the hell Jack Albertson is. I don't even know who he is either. Um, he was born in Alden, Massachusetts. Yeah, he was a... Um, he's, he was he was a Tony, Oscar, and Emmy Award... Emmy-winning actor. He, you know, the triple crown of acting. He didn't quite get an, uh, an EGOT. So he's an EOT. He's an EOT, yeah. not an EGOT. Yeah. yeah. And he was in The Poseidon Adventure. He was in... Oh, he played Grandpa Joe in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, he's the guy that goes into the Chocolate Factory with... um with um. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's great. Man. Okay. Subject with Rose. Okay, so we've got we've got um, uh, the artful Dodger, the artful Dodger Jack Wild, Gene Wilder for the producers. I mean, come on now. Yeah, yeah Daniel Massey and Seymour Cassell. So who else has been left out? You know, you could Henry Fonda back once upon a time in the West. Henry Fonda once upon a time in the West is a good shout. I also think uh, Jason Robards. You could say yeah, for yeah, once upon yeah. time. Definitely. Uh, I also think you could say. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins for The Lion in Winter, or uh, you could talk about um, John Cassavetes in Rosemary's Baby, or Ralph Bellamy in Rosemary's Baby. Um, he's quite good. Wait, who's the guy who plays um, the what the husband of um, of uh, yeah Roman Castavet, uh, Sidney Blackmer? Who played uh, St- Stephen? Mc- who played uh, Roman Castavet, the sort of leader of the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's good. The, yeah, I thought. He, I mean, I always, I, th- I, when I first watched it, I actually thought it was Roger Corman because he looked exactly like him. So I just thought for a while. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought it was Roger Corman playing the role, but then it was actually, um, it was, it was uh, this guy. Um, did you catch the uh, William Castle cameo in Rosemary's Baby? No. Yeah, because he produced the film. He's the guy standing outside the phone booth when Mia Farrow's... Oh. Yeah, that's William Castle. We missed a couple of best actors. Have you ever seen Hell in the Pacific? No, I haven't. I would like to. It's a it's a film about two... It's a Japanese soldier and an American soldier get washed up on a Pacific island. They start off fighting each other and then they become friends. And the American soldier is played by Lee Marvin and the Japanese soldier is played by Toshiro Mifune. Um and they're both really good in it. I mean, it's kind of a weird film, but it's really, really good. It's directed by John Borman. Yeah, John, yeah, John Borman's got a very interesting filmography. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, I do think we did the right thing on the best side. Uh, so who who do you think? Uh, should we go? It's Gene Wilder? Gene, Wilder, Gene Wilder, yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder for the producers. Uh, best supporting actor. Okay, uh, moving on now. Uh, who else we got? So best screenplay, from uh, best adapted screenplay, that went to The Lion in Winter, James Goldman, based on his own play. I think it's a bit cheeky when you adapt your own play, but all right. Yeah, um, so the other nominations were... The other nominations were The Odd Couple, Neil Simon, based on his own play as well, Oliver, Vernon Harris, based on the play by Lionel Bart and uh, Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens, uh, Rachel, Rachel, Stuart Stern, and uh, Rosemary's Baby, Roman Polanski was nominated uh, based off the book by Ira Levin. I mean, I think if if you're just going by quality of script, again, The Lion in Winter has to win. Yeah. For me. Um, Let's just see what other things you could chuck in there. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's pretty fair too. So, okay. best original screenplay. I'm still, I'm still trying to find an excuse to give Where Eagles Dare an Oscar, but we'll just have to <laughs> we'll just have to keep coming back to that. So, uh, 
best original screenplay went to the producers mel brooks the other other nominations were 2001 a space odyssey the battle of algiers faces and hot millions battle of algiers very good film was released in 1966 so this is another one of those weird things i i think think it should be i think i no, but i think 1966 is like the i don't know it's weird yeah i mean maybe maybe it's like what's going on Sorry, what? Is it like jet lag? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, no, I mean, I think, I, I, it's this, we've, I think we've seen I this think... before with foreign films being nominated in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's film like... category that came out years before the Oscars. Yeah, because The Hunt, when that came out, that was in 2012, and that didn't get an Oscar nomination until the Oscars in 2014. And... The Danish one. Yeah, the Danish film. But like, okay. I, I think it's to do with American releases. I think that's that's the reason. It must be. It must be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think um, right. So we'll disregard that for the second. But let's say it's just it's got to be the producers. I just it's such a good it's such a good screenplay. It is so yeah, yeah. fantastic. I think a part of me also kind of wants to put Once Upon a Time in the West in there, just so that Dario Argento can be referred to as Oscar nominated Dario Argento. Oh, we could only nominate him. Sure, why not? It's a good screenplay. Yeah. Um, but it's not as good as the producers. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, just to double, just double checking something. Uh, I would also maybe recommend for screenplay. I don't know if I can't remember if it was adapted from something or if it's an original uh, story or or it's an original screenplay. Sorry. Um, if by Lindsay Anderson, which was the film that introduced uh, Malcolm McDowell into the into the world. Sure, let's chuck it a nomination for one of those yeah. categories, whichever one is appropriate. Um, can we do best music? Best yeah. original score for a motion picture brackets, not a musical. That went to John Barry for The Lion in Winter. So for me, it's got to be uh, Ennio Morricone for Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, but also I do think The Great Silence its score is also very good. Did he do that too? Yeah, he did, yeah. Hey, just give it to him for both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can be nominated <laughs> twice. You get it. Here's a big Oscar for all of your spaghetti westerns of the year. Yeah. Um, I think the music in Once Upon a Time in the West is... is it's iconic. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's very iconic. It's, so let's do that. Um, well, this is, this is interesting. They've not... They've changed this around. So Lion and Winter won the Oscar for Best Original Score for a Motion Picture, brackets, not a musical. Brackets, not a musical. And best score of a musical picture original adaptation, and Oliver won over Finian's Rainbow. That category basically just means best musical, P- pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So best fuck musical, that. best um, musical adaptation. All right. So can we? The fuck is this? War and Peace was nominated for best foreign film, but that was also came out in 1966, 67. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not respecting this delay, but I would give it to, if we were doing the Oscars in 1967, I would certainly award it because it's brilliant. Um, okay, so uh, do we go up to Best Director now? Yeah, let's go up to Best Director. So Best Director won uh, the Oscar, who, the, the direct, sorry, the director who won the Oscar was Cal Reed for Oliver. Right. I mean, that's kind of a sympathy, not a sympathy vote, but it's kind of like, this is the biggest picture of the year and you're the director, here you go. Yeah, um, kind of thing. And also, I, I, mean, don't know, I mean, I don't know how long, like how, when, when did Cal Reed stop making movies? So it was 1972 when he, when he stopped working. I mean, he, yeah, and and he, he died, died in 76. Yeah. And he'd done, I mean, he'd done The Third Man. He'd done, you know, he'd done so many great films uh, yeah. throughout, especially in the 40s. 
Fallen Idol, Our Man in Havana. He did in the fifties, which is great. Um, yeah, a yeah, great he, career. Yeah, yeah, he did have a very great career. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's 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 interesting looking at all the films that Stanley Kubrick was nominated for, and the only time he won an Oscar was for Best Visual Effects for 2001 A Space Odyssey. He was also nominated for Best Director this year for, for the same film. Yes, he was. Uh, for me, I, I think, okay, let's, this is quite, I think we could, I think we could come up with some good alternatives for this category. I think you could certainly say um, Sergio Leone for uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. I think you would also yeah. say Roman Polanski, but wouldn't you, you're a big spokesperson for Night of the Living Dead. Are you going to throw in George Romero? Oh yeah, definitely. I think George A. Romero should have been, you know, he could have easily been nominated. I think he could have, yeah, he could easily get a nomination for this film. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like that film just completely captures America at that such at such like. I mean, it captures America at such a crazy time. It it should have been nominated. You sure it shouldn't be Brian G. Hutton for Where Eagles Dare? <laughs> um, I'm or happy maybe, or to maybe go. Lindsay, or maybe Lindsay Anderson as well for If. Because that film is very good. That's actually, I, I, would, I would probably even consider that one of my favorites. Really? Okay. Um, oh yes, I see you've given it four and a half stars. Um, well, it's just because it, because I, because it mean seeing as I went to like boarding school and it, it captures that sort of boarding school life in a very satirical, rebellious kind of way. So that's why I really kind of it really it really appealed to me, and also because it's a really cool and well made film. All right, uh, well, I leave it. I'll, I'll let you choose then. You you pick one. Yeah, uh, I think I think you know. I mean, I mean, my heart says, yeah, give it to George A. Romero, but I feel like I give it to Lindsay Anderson. Great. Okay. Cool. That's nice. I like that. That that feels like a, a solid uh, re uh, revisionism of history and a sort of a supporting new voices rather than going with the old crowd. Okay. Um, best picture. Yeah, that went to Oliver John Wolf, producer. Uh, the other nominations were The Lion in Windsor, which should have won probably. Funny Girl. Rachel, Rachel, Romeo and Juliet. Um, well, actually, maybe I say Lion and Windsor should have won. What about Once Upon a Time in the West? I mean, it's so good. Yeah. What about Rosemary's Baby? What about 2001? I mean, like... Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, this is... this is I, Actually, there's some funny little 2001 Space Odyssey reviews in this book. Um, it's quite funny. Um, uh, written for the screen by Kubrick and science fiction novelist Arthur C. Clarke, 2001 A Space Odyssey bowed on a reserved seat basis in the spring, and the Los Angeles Times' Charles Champlin announced, Some of the next year's Academy Awards are already bespoken. I spent the first half of the film nudging my wife, black and blue, and saying again and again, I don't believe it. In New York, they couldn't understand it. A small, uh, small, sorry, a small sphere of intellectuals will feel that Kubrick has said something because one expects him to say something. Uh, Andrew Cyrus of the Village Voice panned. A colleague panned it, uh, 2001, and a colleague persuaded him to see it again under the influence of a smoke substance somewhat stronger and more authentic than oregano. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, William Clo uh, William Cloman enjoyed himself too, writing, Space Odyssey is poetry. It asks for grooving, not understanding. Ugh. You know what? There's a film we've overlooked um, from 1968, which is Uptight, directed by Jules Dassin, which is really... I mean, you mentioned the Martin Luther King assassination, and that suddenly got my... Uh, well, I didn't suddenly get it, but I mean, it's a delayed reaction, and I realised that should be in there. Oh, um, yeah. Who did we give the supporting actor to? It was... Um, um, oh, it was Gene Wilder. 
Yeah, I mean, there's certainly uh, people in this film who are just um, really, I mean, Ruby D is worthy of it. I think it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Julian Mayfield, is it? Um, is really good. Um, I I just wanted to, I just really want to give a shout out to Uptight. I mean, it's just such an amazing film. It's a remake of The Informer, which is the John Ford movie. Um, and if you and, want to listen um, to our uh, Holmes, uh, Holmes Movies Recommends episode, we did do an episode on Uptight back in uh, 2020. So you can check that out. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, really good film. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, uh, I couldn't give it. I couldn't quite give it best picture, but I certainly would nominate it. Um, yeah, and I would nominate it in tons of other categories as well, including best director. Um, you know, do you want to know what the top rated movie of the year is on Letterboxd? Uh, no, you don't want to know. Oh, yeah, I, I do you... want to know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What Tell me, it's uh, once upon a time in the West, really? and, the, and, the, and the top, the next two are 2001 and Rosemary's Baby. And weirdly, Elvis's 1968 The Comeback Special is in there, but I don't think we can count that. And then there's a film called Pas de Deux, which I've never seen. Oh, it's another one of these art things. Um, it's ballet dancers. Then there's a film called Shame, which I've not seen. Um, oh, yeah, that I've, yeah, uh, there was actually, fuck, I forgot about it. I actually watched it today. Um, uh, you watched this film today and you didn't no no no, no 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 i i didn't watch this i watched a bergman film because this film because i was watching it in the chronological order of when the films were released because hour of the wolf came and then mm. came first and then shame was released after that and they both star max von Sydow and liv ullman and um max von Sydow definitely should have got an oscar nomination for hour of the wolf which came out in 1968 in, in, in oh, okay 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 so it was eligible. Um, you would like Hour of the Wolf. It's a good film. It's very, it's like, it's basically Bergman's try at a horror film that actually works. Ooh, I like the sound of that. It's really good. It's not like jump scary. There's like a really nice build and there's some really cool, like in the last, like, I'd say like in, in the last sort of third of the film, there's some really cool, like nightmare fuel imagery and done in a very cool and simplistic kind of way. And like you know, I'm adding that to the uh, adding that to the list. Beautifully shot by Sven Nickfist. Okay, well, so I haven't seen that. Um, okay, so should we um, should we make a decision on this to put the audience out of their misery? Yeah. Best picture, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's majestic, and it's. I think I haven't seen 2001 all the way through, which is I know is a terrible admission, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think probably we can give it to other Kubrick films. I mean, I think he's probably deserved it for Barry Lyndon, definitely deserved it for The Shining. Um, yeah, so, well, maybe not. Maybe not. No, yeah, you don't like The Shining. Maybe I, I should. No, okay, I don't. So, no, no, I don't no, no, I'll, I'll flip it. I'll flip it around and say definitely deserved it for Barry Lyndon, possibly deserved it for The Shining. We can debate that. Um, okay. I like for, for just for just for clarification, I don't hate The Shining. I like The Shining. I just even don't. King does. I. I mean, of course he doesn't like the film at all. Um, I think he's made his peace with it, but still doesn't like it. Um, I don't hate The Shining. I like The Shining. I don't consider it an amazing film, and I think it's a tiny bit overrated. I did write a very long WordPress blog post about it, which <laughs> I can link to the episode so you can read the reasons why. Don't and do that. Don't link The Shining to the 1960s. I was just going to confuse people. It's it's It's... 
fine. I'll if we ever talk about the Shining, do, it's do fine. it in a different. Do it for with the year we do, which covers the Shining. You can link to it then. But just poor people don't have to read your like eight hundred page screed about the Shining. Um, it's not that long. <laughs> all right. Um, um, just what's just one the time in the woods. Yeah, just before we go in the hill, just to sort of cap off this whole like, why is it nominated this year when it came out a few years before? So if you look on the Wikipedia page for best documentary feature, the first winner was a film called Young Americans, directed by Robert Cohn and Alex Grasshoff. And it was released in, and it was revoked of its win because it was released in 1967. And then it what and the then... fuck are we? <laughs> It was because it was released in America in 1967. Yeah, but, yeah, but the whole... Ugh, this then, is so frustrating. How are we supposed to do this? Oh, God. Yeah, it was, it, they, it, was, it was subsequently revoked because the film was released in 1967 and thus ineligible. And so it went to the runner-up uh, winner, which was Journey Into Self by Bill McGraw. Journey Into Self sounds like a fake documentary that would be part of a Woody Allen movie. Uh, Listen to to the synopsis. The film portrays a 16-hour group therapy session for eight well-adjusted people who had never met before. The session was led by psychologists Carl Rogers and Richard Farson. The participants included a cashier, a theology student, a teacher, a principal, a housewife, and three businessmen. Jesus Christ. It's only 47 minutes long. Okay. Oh, I, I thought the film was 16 hours. Okay, great. Um, interesting. Right. But imagine Fine. cutting um, all that footage down, a 16-hour footage. 16 hours into 47 Because you were shooting on film as well. Jesus Christ. All right. I think we've got to go. Um, yeah. So um, tell them about the Instagram. Yeah. Uh, we're on Instagram, at Homes Movies Pod. Please check us out there. Um yeah, hope you enjoy our Five Star Fridays and Trivia Tuesday reviews and the occasional Musical Mondays. Maybe there'll be one tomorrow, Monday. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yes. And um, yeah, you can send us an email at homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com. We do answer them when stuff important stuff gets sent to us. Um, we yeah. answer them eventually. We answer we them do. eventually. Eventually, yes. Um, uh, I also have an Instagram page, Anders F. Holmes, and Adam does as well. What's Is it Adam by H? Yes. Yeah, something like that. And um, we're on Letterboxd. I always want to encourage people to go on Letterboxd because it's such a good uh, service. It, it helps us yes. uh, actually make the podcast because we can look up information really quickly, um, such as which films came out in 1968, not 1967. Um, Letterboxd is a really fabulous thing. And uh, if they want to give us money, they're welcome to. Um, yeah. Hey, Anders, what are we talking about next time? Well, Adam, we are going to be looking back at the films that were released in 2010 at the 83rd. No way! Yeah, the 83rd Academy Awards. I'm so excited to talk about that. Amazing. Can't wait. See you next time. See ya. Bye.